Bulls Nation. Matt Peck here. You found yourselves locked on Bulls. It's Thursday, November 11th. Breaking down the Bulls win over the Mavs up ahead on today's episode. A few of my keys that led to the Bulls victory. Also want to talk a little bit about the zone defense that Jason Kidd showed the Bulls that had the Bulls offense stuttering a little bit in the middle of this game. And then wrap up the show looking at some of the things Billy Donovan has said about the impending return of one Kobe White and what his new rotation might look like. That's all ahead on a fresh Locked On Bulls. Let's go. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us at Locked on Bulls. You can also hit us up on that text to voicemail line at 331-979-1369 or shoot us an email LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Today's episode of Locked on Bulls is brought to you in part by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, y'all. Big win for the Bulls last night. They beat Luka and the Mavs uh, at the United Center, 117-107, to get the team to 8-3 and three before they embark on this five-game road trip that has them going up against some of the best teams in the Western Conference. Um, uh, a few keys to the game uh, for me last night is the fact that for the first time in maybe all season, DeRozan had a bit of an off night shooting uh, just seven of 20 from the field and 17 points, just three points shy. It's a shame of him and Zach Levine breaking MJ and Scotty's old record for Bulls franchise history teammates with 20 plus points in consecutive games. They had tied a streak that MJ and Scotty had done together in 1992 coming into last night's game, and DeRozan's off night uh, sees that streak come to an end. But in a lot of games so far this season, we had seen DeRozan kind of, you know, carrying the Bulls while they're still trying to figure out exactly how these pieces mesh together and gel together on the offensive end and droughts of scoring where DeRozan's ISO talent is what kept the Bulls in games or, or kept the Bulls ahead in a game or let the Bulls come back into a game that they were trailing. It has been a lot of DeRozan saving the Bulls through their first 10 games. Wednesday night's game was a flip of that script saying, hey, DeRozan, he's going to have an off night every once in a while. It happens, but other players stepped up. And let's look at who stepped up. I mentioned that I liked the fourth quarter that we saw from uh, Nikola Vucevic on Monday, where he was still dealing with that shooting slump in the first three quarters of that game against Brooklyn. But when it mattered, when the Bulls were trying to protect their lead late in that game, he knocked down a big three. He had a couple of elbow jumpers, and you thought, okay, maybe there's a little bit of momentum here for Vooch to carry into the next game and try and pull himself out of this slump. And Vooch has his best game in a while, without a doubt. He goes 8 of 14. Uh, knocked down one of his three three-point attempts. He gets 18 points, 10 boards, chipped in four assists. He started to look a little bit more comfortable 
with his game uh, offensively on Wednesday night. Uh, credit to Lonzo and, and all of Vooch's teammates for getting him looks inside early. That one uh, slip screen pass from Lonzo early on in particular where uh, Vooch missed the initial layup but then got his own rebound and got the putback. And then maybe you're like, okay, he's starting to get a little bit of a rhythm. He had a couple of other nice takes, a little um, you know, mini lefty hook uh, from the left side. Uh, he had that awesome up and under move in the paint where I can't remember which Dallas big man was on him, but just juked him out of his shorts for a nice easy up and under bucket at the rim. And even just things as simple as seeing some layups and seeing some baby hooks go in as opposed to just inexplicably rimming out will help Vooch get out of this funk. And another thing, and I can't remember if it was King said or or maybe Will Purdue at halftime or postgame, um, one of the former Bulls big men was talking about how he saw Vooch kind of initiating and embracing contact in last night's game more so than avoiding contact with some of these bunnies that we've seen him miss so far this season where it's a little mini flip, you know, uh, floater or a little mini hook, but maybe the, the rhythm was a little off because he wasn't creating contact. He was shying away from contact, but getting just some of that rhythm of bodying a guy down and then juking him with the up and under or getting in the flow of, okay, where's my defender's body? There it is. Flick shot is leading him to more like rhythmic shots that he is used to making. So it was nice to see that from Vooch last night. Hopefully that is just another step in him pulling himself out of this shooting slump. And uh, I said, uh, breaking it down halftime, get your looks at the rim first. Get yourself comfortable making those shots near the basket first, and then take that confidence out behind the three-point line where you, as a big man, have expanded your game in recent years. And that's what you saw. Vooch knocked down a couple near the rim and then hit that three after a couple of easy buckets. So like to see that from Vooch uh, last night. You got to. Also, just give so much credit to Lonzo Ball. I mentioned that one delicious pass he had to Vooch on that slip screen early in the game. Lonzo, more impressive? more I don't know if it's more impressive. Equally impressive as his passes last night, and we'll get to some of those ridiculous full-court passes in a second, but the way he is so confident now taking shots and knocking down shots from behind the three-point line, he talked about it a little bit post-game, you know, saying compared to a few seasons ago where his shot was and where his confidence in his shot was then and where it's night and day. And the thing that I really loved about last night was we know off the ball more in New Orleans towards the end of his New Orleans tenure that he was gaining confidence as a catch-and-shoot threat. And he has done that for the Bulls so far and has been the Bulls' most reliable three-point shooter. But you also saw him confidently shooting threes off the dribble last night, which is a key. And that is another element, another weapon for Lonzo as one of the ball handlers of this Bulls team to be able to say, I'm not only a catch and shoot threat, but you know, coming down in transition before you get your defense set, I have the confidence to just dribble, pull up, and knock down a three. And he did that on multiple occasions last night, which was great to see. Seven of ten behind the three-point line for Lonzo last night for his 21 points. Um 0 of 4 from inside the arc. That trend continues for Lonzo. He can't seem to find any ways to score from inside the three-point line. Doesn't really have any kind of mid-range game. Anytime he takes a floater or tries like a step back 18 to 20 footer, I'm always sitting there saying to myself, 
Zoe, that's not your game. That's not your game. Because he's so crafty finding space and finding tight windows for passes when he's working inside the perimeter. But when it comes to him scoring, you know, uh, our, our guy Ricky O'Donnell had a tweet last night that was like, I'm totally cool with the breakdown of Lonzo taking 10 shots behind the three-point line and only four shots inside it. And I was like, dude, how about only two shots inside it? For whatever reason, Lonzo's not scoring inside the three-point line. And I don't necessarily care because what he's doing from behind the three-point line is fantastic. He's confident shooting off the dribble and in catch-and-shoot situations. And his three-point barrage last night was needed. Because, you know, I, I mentioned this in my little post-game breakdown video last night, but the Bulls came into the came into the game last night dead last in the NBA in three-point attempts per game, 29th in the NBA at just nine and a half makes per game. And the Bulls made 15 threes last night, and the Mavs made 12. There's a nine-point difference. The Bulls won by 10. I'm not saying that that was the entire difference of the game, but it certainly helped that the Bulls drained 15 threes, and Lonzo had seven of them. Now those passes. I mean, we are becoming more aware of if you thought Lonzo was a half-court point guard when, when the Bulls signed him and you're learning, and eh, that's that's not really his game, it's okay. Um, not in the traditional sense. And what uh, Alex Caruso, I believe, was talking about with Lonzo um, is just that he's at his best when he's just not thinking, just reacting to the space in front of him, to the opportunity in front of him, whether it's to score himself or find a teammate. And you're starting to see that with Lonzo and his quick reaction times and his full court vision. You saw it multiple times last night where Zach Levine is maybe playing defense on the weak side and, and the Bulls get a rebound or the Bulls get a rebound off a missed free throw. And Lonzo either gets the rebound himself or in the case of the amazing 360 Zach dunk at the end of the game last night, you know, Vooch got the board, immediately pitched it to Zoe right across from him. And Zoe eyes up, eyes up the court, eyes up the court, always eyes up the court, looking for those easy transition buckets. Donovan talked about it as a huge important factor for the Bulls, just getting some easy points every night um, in his postgame remarks. And, and that one in particular towards the end of the game that led to that uh, Zach Levine 360 dunk. When you see it from that one angle where Lonzo, it's sort of like a cross between a sidearm and a just overhand pitch fastball. It, it nearly took Dwight Powell's head off when you see it from that one angle, but perfectly feeds who was, uh, you know, arguing a non-call at the other end and did not get back on defense, if we're being perfectly honest. But Zoe's vision to always see Zach out on those breaks. Earlier in the game, he did it again with Zach, and it led to a Zach transition three before Dallas could get their defense set. Those kinds of plays from Lonzo and six assists last night are huge for this Bulls team to just get good, easy buckets every single night. And between that and the confidence and his three-point game right now, man, you got, got to give it up for Lonzo Ball. All right, more thoughts on this game, including uh, what the, the Mavs showed the Bulls with their uh, their zone defense and uh, what the Bulls maybe didn't and, and hopefully will improve upon when they see some more zone as the season progresses. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, wanted to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who are better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. 
and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to receive that welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And don't forget that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. The Bulls offense had a bit of a, a sputtering problem for a stretch of last night's game. And we've seen that pretty much consistently throughout their first 10, 11 games this season. There's like a quarter or uh, a half of a quarter where the Bulls offense in half court just can't seem to get anything done, can't seem to find its rhythm. And that happened last night when Jason Kidd went to his own defense. And um, like to me, when your opponent switches to a zone, there are a couple of simple things you can do to beat that zone. And in particular, down of mixing in some trap defense with that zone. And because Bulls fans were forced to watch Jim Boylan droll out that that you know trapping uh, defense for a couple of years, it's it's easy to see even even for for you know simple simple basketball fans how you beat his own. You pass out of it. You move without the ball, and you find the open man. It doesn't seem that complicated, but at times last night the Bulls were really struggling to score. And uh, kudos to to you know my 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 good pal Will Purdue who during the halftime was or no it was it was during the post game show on NBC Sports Chicago was breaking down one possession in particular where Zach had the ball um, in the right corner and he's trying to beat his guy one on one and then Zach kind of gets double teamed from the guy uh, playing up uh, at the elbow and nobody among Zach's teammates move. They're all just kind of scattered along the perimeter, but nobody moved. And the play ended up with Zach dribbling his way through that double team and making this ridiculously impressive reverse layup, and he gets the bucket. But that wasn't the point. As Will was breaking down post-game, he was saying, look, look at all these stagnant players. And you saw some stagnation with the Bulls trying to figure out that Dallas Mavericks zone defense and it seems as simple as move. Just move. Move without the ball. Because when the Bulls did occasionally find a way to score against that Mavs zone, um, especially right when, when Jason Kidd went to it, it wasn't passing out of the zone and finding the open guy and guys making cuts off the ball, backdoor cuts, cuts through the paint. It was Zach or DeMar just beating their guy, Iso to get to the rim or or to free up enough space for a jumper. And, and that'll work for a few possessions. But as Donovan said after the game, I believe it was Darnell Mayberry who asked the question, that was the most zone defense the Bulls has seen so far this season. And you got to anticipate that the, they will see more of it. And so it was definitely a little bit of like a jerky, like, oh, wow, what like what's going on here when you saw how badly they were struggling with it when when Dallas first went to it. Hopefully, 
Billy will make that a part of him his film session today. Hopefully, they'll talk about it again tomorrow. Um, you know, we'll see uh, what what uh, Golden State shows the Bulls defensively on Friday night. Um, but clearly, that was something that the Bulls were not ready for when Dallas threw it at them. But again, the the simplistic answer to the zone is move. Move, 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 always be moving, always be moving. And the other element, the other wrinkle to the problem with the zone when it comes to the Bulls, and part of this was during the Bulls' mostly second unit minutes, and we know that there is right now a a, a like a shortage of shooting in that second unit because that's the other way that you beat the zone. You, you know, you, you pass until you find a shooter on the perimeter and you take and make your shot. If you got enough space, if, uh, you know, the, the closeout doesn't come fast enough because you've made some crisp passes, shoot. You beat the zone by threes. But, you know, as I was saying uh, in the first segment, when it comes to Lonzo and his seven made threes, uh, the Bulls have not been a high volume three point shooting team this season. Matter of fact, they have, as I mentioned, been the least volume three-point shooting team this season. So if the Bulls don't have the three-point shooting to beat a zone defense, it is that much more imperative that guys are moving off the ball. And it just looked like at times last night, they were they were just stagnant and, and not moving very well and not moving very much. So again, hoping that Donovan, and makes that a key point of his film session and what they work on on today and at shoot around tomorrow getting ready for Golden State um, because they, they clearly, uh, their offense came to a screeching halt for three or four or five minutes when Dallas went to that zone last night. And it's not going to be a simple answer of just letting DeMar and or Zach Levine beat, beat the zone defense by themselves. Um, you, you gotta You got to move and you got to have some shooters out there. So, We'll see uh, how the Bulls continue to move on after after that uh, card that was thrown at them by Jason Kidd. But again, it, it wasn't all bad, and, and you know, I, honestly, I think that the Bulls benefited a little bit, maybe got lucky a little bit that that Kidd didn't continue to ride that. Like there were parts of the third and fourth quarter where they went back to to more of a man, and it was sort of like a gentle switching man that was like a kind of zonish, but it was mostly man that uh, that the Bulls' offense was more comfortable picking apart. Um, so, you know, thank, thanks for that favor. But, um, you know, not many NBA teams are going to be playing zone all night. You know, that's certainly not not normal uh, in today's NBA. But um, you got to find your ways through that. And the Bulls, you know, again, knock down 15 threes. That'll help. They started to get more transition opportunities in the second half. And that helps, too, because if you're out on the break and it, and, and it's Lonzo with his full court vision, throwing the ball ahead to Zach Levine or who, whoever else is out on the break, it doesn't give Dallas or whoever your opponent is time to set that zone defense. You, you can't stop transition opportunities with a zone defense when nobody's sure who's getting ball. Um, and, and you saw the Bulls capitalize on that a few, few times uh, last. You got to get the the stops and the rebounds in order to do that. And the Bulls were able to successfully do that, especially in the second half. So that was good to see. All right. Also want to talk about the comments from Billy Donovan about the 
soon uh, soon arriving, Kobe White, um, who could be back as soon as this West Coast road trip at some point. Um, those are from uh, those are words from from his own mouth. You said it's a possibility. So uh, I want to talk about what that means for the Bulls rotation. We will do that in just a minute. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or away team can come to recharge. It's the place where you always look forward to going to, stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs, stretch your legs, and refuel. McDonald's mm, always been a go-to road trip stop for me. Um, anytime I'm, uh, I, I drive around the Midwest a lot from here to there, and uh, you know that like that moment where you're like, eh, gas tank's a little low. Could probably, could probably, you know, get rid of some of that coffee I drank earlier this morning, if you know what I mean. And, uh, oh, I see an exit sign with a big old golden arch right there. That's where I'm headed. Get yourself maybe a McChicken or a, a double cheeseburger, a Big Mac. You get, some, you get a delicious soda to wash it down. Oh, my gosh. I, also, have you guys seen this commercial recently from, you know, the other fast food place that, that is claiming that, that their French fries are favored over McDonald's two to one in some straw poll, some French fry poll? Where did they come up with that? Because it's clearly a lie. No one is picking their fries over McDonald's French fries. No one. I get back in the car. I got my soda. I eat the burger, the chicken sandwich first. And then I save the fries is like the dessert. And when I get to the last few handfuls of fries, I'm like sad because I'm like, I need more McDonald's fries. Not the other guy's fries. McDonald's French fries. Duh. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Eat some of their delicious French fries. Did somebody say McDonald's? Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Delicious. Speaking of delicious, some delicious news about Kobe White is due back any day now. Um, cleared for practice. He was briefly assigned to the Windy City Bulls earlier this week. Went and had a five-on-five -five scrimmage with the Windy City Bulls and then was immediately recalled back up to the Bulls and uh, will be with the team on the five-game West Coast road trip. We are not sure if and when somewhere in these five games that Kobe White will be cleared to play. But the fact that he's going on the road trip obviously means it's a possibility. And he says he feels good. He says it's a possibility that he'll play as soon as at some point on this road trip. Um, and it seems like Billy Donovan is uh, is right there in, in lockstep with, with Kobe's frame of mind as far as he's getting close to being ready to go. So because of that, obviously, Billy Donovan had been asked at a shoot-around or a practice, whatever, about his rotation. So the rookie, Io, playing really well. Big minutes, had some big buckets and some big moments against the Celtics and that comeback win. Played amazing against Brooklyn in their win on Monday. Kind of a rocky up and down game for him on Wednesday, but he still had a big shot in that game, uh, made some big plays. The rookie has clearly earned his spot in Billy Donovan's rotation. So what happens? Because Donovan's been going nine deep pretty consistently 
um, after he spent the first couple of games tinkering. And it's Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., Io, and Tony Bradley. He did go back to Alizé Johnson, who got his first minutes, and I want to say four games uh, against Dallas on Wednesday night. And Alizé was Alizé, what you expect. Uh, chipped in seven rebounds, and uh, four of those came on the offensive glass. Uh, some impressive b- boards that gave the Bulls some second-chance scoring opportunities. Uh, so interesting to see him go to Alizé a little bit and shade, uh, shaved off Tony Bradley's minutes a little bit. But for the most part, it's been consistent. And he said... When Kobe's back, you know, we're going to ease him back in to this rotation, but it's going to be a 10-man rotation. That's what Billy Donovan said. So it's not like he's just going to take Io's minutes and that Io's not going to play. It sounds like Donovan is preparing to stretch from a 9-man to a 10-man rotation, which I'm okay with seeing how that goes. And again likely like you know slowly ramping Kobe's minutes back up to you know a guy who in his first and second NBA seasons on some nights was playing well north of 30 minutes per game and was comfortable doing so I think you're going to start with maybe you know 10 or 15 minutes for Kobe just to see where his conditioning is at where is he with the rhythm of the game but somebody somebody is sacrificing minutes if you're adding a Kobe White non-zero number of minutes into the rotation somebody's losing minutes. And I think a lot of the IO Bulls fans that are already out there saying, don't you dare take IO's minutes. I, I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, and uh, it was interesting. I was reading Casey Johnson's mailbag uh, column for NBC Sports Chicago this morning. And he said, if he had to guess, it would either be Javante Green and or Derek Jones Jr. who have their minutes shaved off a little bit as Kobe makes his way back in. Um, and, and, you know, I'm fine with that. I think you know what Javante gives you. You know what Derrick Jones Jr. gives you. Kobe gives you something different, but it's something different that this team is lacking. How many times we need to talk about Bulls' low volume of three-point shooting and three-point scoring? Kobe provides you that. Kobe can provide a scoring punch off the bench that the bench has been void of on many nights so far this season. So the biggest question to me, when it comes to Billy going from a nine-man to a 10-man rotation, is does he still stagger somebody in there? Does he stagger DeMar in there with the second unit? Does he stagger Zach in there with the second unit? Because doing a complete swap, like, okay, here's our starting five. All right, here's our second five. You get out there. You all play together as a second five. Then you're talking about, so a a three-guard lineup, Caruso, Kobe and Io, Derek Jones Jr., and Tony Bradley. That that would hypothetically be your second five. I'm curious enough that I would like to see what that five looks like out there together while everybody in the Bulls starting five best. But I'm also a little terrified of how that might go if you don't have one of those starters staggered in there to get you a bucket when you need a bucket. But maybe the person in that second five who is the get you a bucket when you need a bucket person is Kobe White. Maybe if he comes back fully healthy and has confidence in his game, and again, it might take a few games to get back to that level physically and mentally, he has proven to us through his first two seasons in the NBA, he is not shy 
about being that guy for certain stretches of games where it's, hey, I can put my head down and get to the rim, beating my guy off the dribble, or I can just catch fire from downtown. Maybe between that and the fact that we've seen Alex Caruso be able to, you know, play uh, puppet master a little bit with being a ball handler and also knock down threes in his own right. You know, he, he had a big offensive night last night. Caruso, shout out to him, three or four from downtown, 16 points to go with his six steals. Maybe there's enough there offensively when you put Kobe White in that Billy Donovan doesn't feel the need to stagger one of those starters in there. So so here's what I'm guessing. My guess is that we're going to see. Uh, and, you know, the, the the trickiest part of this is, and, and maybe Donovan waits. Maybe Kobe goes on this five-game West Coast trip and the Bulls keep the the flow that they have going because it seems to be working for them more than it's not. I mean, they're eight and three. Instead of trying to do this Kobe and going from a nine to a 10 man rotation insertion on a very difficult West coast road trip. Maybe that's not the opportune time to do that, but maybe Billy Donovan says, Hey, you know, there's no perfect time to do anything. The games are going to keep popping up on the schedule. Kobe's a valuable asset. Let's get him in there and we'll figure out how the rotation works as we're going. I could see Billy Donovan doing that. Um, I, and like, and I'm not suggesting that he shouldn't do that. It just it just makes me a little nervous about tinkering with your rotation while you're on such a difficult road trip like that, um, because it's I'm guessing there's going to be some kind of friction there. It'll be rocky for everybody to figure out. Okay, now Kobe's in here. Are we going with an all second unit? You know, bench unit. Are we going to stagger somebody? If so, who who is sacrificing minutes to get? you know, Kobe into this rotation. It's a lot of juggling and a lot of stuff to figure out. And, and something that um, Kendall Gill repeatedly, uh, you know, taught me and, and my guys, John and Big Dave, and, and always talked about, and he talked about it in, in his postgame remarks last night uh, once again. And and I think the more I watch basketball and the more I think about his, his comments on that, it's so, so true. Players thrive on knowing what their role is. And if a player doesn't know what their role is, then they can have games where they they over-pursue or they try to do too much because they're not sure what their role is, or they sit back and don't do enough because they're not sure what their role is. Will everyone still know what their role is as Kobe is integrated back into this rotation? That is the biggest question as the Bulls embark on this five-game road trip, and Billy Donovan has to figure out how exactly to juggle all of these pieces. But again, good problem to have when a guy who brings you like the things that you've been lacking, three-point shooting and pure boring threat to your second unit. You've been missing those things. Kobe White is those things. Figuring out who it is to shave and how to stretch from a nine to a 10 man rotation because you get Kobe White back. These are good problems as opposed to recent years past, which were, oh, dear God, we have to play two Samsons and a Lemon Jr. and a and a and a this guy and a that guy and a ooh, bad problems. Not enough talent. The Bulls are eight and three despite not having Kobe White to start the season. You get Kobe White back, figuring out how that works, 
is a good problem. Um, and, and, you know, put our, put our faith in Billy Donovan to figure out that good problem and the answer to it. All right. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back with one more episode tomorrow to send y'all into the weekend. Pretty sure I'm going to have my pal, John Sabine with me to round out the week. He was at the UC for Bulls Mavs last night. Uh, and of course, uh, as you would expect, he was torn. Didn't know who to root for because the Bulls and Mavs are his two teams. Uh, so can't wait to talk to John about what it was like at the UC last night and uh, get his thoughts on the Bulls win over the Mavs. And that'll be it for another week. Man, these weeks are flying by and the games keep coming. The Bulls, Warriors, 9 p.m. nationally televised. I believe ESPN Friday night game. Man, the Warriors are cooking. Nine and one, nine and one. The only team in the NBA Right now, Thursday at noon, with a better record than Chicago Bulls. I believe Utah and Washington are each also eight and three. Golden State's nine and one. Whew. You go into Oracle and beat them. Damn. Uh, one step at a time, but can't wait for that matchup. Um, in the meantime, hit us up on social media on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. We are at Locked on Bulls. On that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. And also via email, lockedupbulls at gmail.com. For my partner in his absence, Big Dave, he'll be back next week. Matt saying thanks for listening. As always, Bulls Nation, 3 See Red be good.